You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D Ray Brinson. And you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. So all my woke folks, you know you should go check out the articles and the reviews that we have on the SonicBreakdown.com. Today, we're going to bring a new segment that we haven't done before. That's why it's new, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be called Take It Back. But this new segment is going to have an old voice that you might have haven't heard in a while. But uh, So uh, Take It Back is going to be with me, D-Ray, of course. And you're going to have... The old voice is going to be uh, DJ William West back in the building. Talk to me, man. <laughs> so D-Ray to holler at me, man. So, you know, we had to bring him, we had to bring him back. We had to bring him back in for our, uh, another segment. And uh, basically, let's break down what Take It Back is going to be about. So the, so the folks out there know what this segment is. Uh, basically, it's going to be those those albums that, uh, that bring you back. When you listen yeah. to it, it's kind of like, it takes you back to another time, another another feeling, another place. Uh, the idea stems from already from just y'all being a, a fan of the podcast, uh, the Stay Woke podcast. It's what we kind of built the foundation on. Um, and then it just manifests into a lot of good things and a lot of different things, which is awesome because uh, we're all about lifestyle. But right here in particular, what I love and what D-Ray loves is just that overall passion for either a song artist or a whole project and that's what this whole idea stems from uh it's just taking it back taking it back to those times where you picked up that album the reason why you bought that album you played it from the beginning to the end that feeling that nostalgia now you have the nostalgia but back then you had a certain feel you had a certain vibe and that's what we love that's what i still have i still do it to this day you know i mean i haven't lost it i haven't lost that superpower of, of just 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 loving the music, yeah, no, and that's that what mind. this is about, man. You yeah, know what I mean? and, and and today, me and you, we have a huge passion for music, and we have a huge passion for certain projects and artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and overall, that's what it's all about, and that's what we love. And something that we just off the top agreed upon is doing Jay Z's album, Hard Knock Life, Volume Two, Volume Two, dot dot dot. <laughs> Hard Knock Life. That's what we're going to talk about today, man, because it's a huge album in my life. Let me start off with me and then you can go into you, but mm-hmm. it's a huge album in my life because it's actually one of the first East Coast albums that I actually put my money towards or that was actually a physical album bought, purchased, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's what it, that's, that's what it represents. Like uh, you have the me. physical copy. We look, we yeah, literally yeah, 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 looking yeah, yeah. at the physical copy. It. Uh, it was given to me. This particular album was given to me by my sister. Shout out to my sister, my big sister, uh, who has a lot of uh, musical influence in my life. She purchased for me. I remember the day. I remember the night. It I got was, more respect for your sister just off the fact that she got you that album, bro. I, it was just out of just, I think it was just out of randomness, but I'll ask her too. I'll ask her why she gave it to me because that's also a good thing to know. Because yeah, um, if she picked that out because she thought like she, she knew that it was dope, then, yeah. then yo. Um, Your sister's dope for that. This album came from Sam Goody. For those who remember, <laughs> you remember where Sam Goody was all about. You know those days of of buying an album. And them albums were not cheap. No, they weren't. You know what I'm saying? Damn near twenty dollars for an album. Um, but this came out of uh, Sam Goody Southland Mall. 
uh, out, out here in Hayward, uh, California. Bay all day. Bay Area all day. And, um, and that's what we're going to talk about, man. This album is so dope. Let me just go into that now. Like, this album is so dope. And we're going to just break down every single track of it and give you the reasons why I love it so much. And then you'll understand why we have so much passion um, around this project, man. Jigga, man, this whole album, even the, the front... The front cover just makes me want to go buy a new car. Like, <laughs> I'm not living my life right, man. Like, it's like it's crazy. And I do want to. I do want to touch on it for a second. Is I want to piggyback off what you were saying. Is um, first I want to say that uh, next year we'll make the 20th anniversary of this album in September. Jeez. So it's we're really... we're we're 19 years out because we're in November now. So uh-huh. we're we're a month removed from it being its uh, 19th anniversary. So what next was... year will be 20th anniversary. So September 1998 was its release date. Ooh. September um, 1998. And then the fact that you brought up this cover is it reminds me um, because I just did an interview that was released last week or two weeks ago on uh, the Sonic Breakdown.com or the Sable Podcast.com with Sess Wonder, who goes by Sess Wonder, the female Hove. Uh-huh. And uh, she did um, What Would Hove Do, an album. That's what it's called, What Would Hove Do. And it's similar cover with her. In the whole position, um, just kind of it's re- a profile, and like she has, uh, she sampled the beats from um, all all the whole stuff. Um, she began with uh, I think Dynasty, and um, I forgot which one she ended with, but that whole concept. So that's what it that bring me back to that. So like it brings it in full, full circle that like it's still relevant today. People are still being inspired in and by this particular album History. that she, you know, what I'm saying she did. Uh, you know, a, a version of it. In history. This, this is history. Playing so sing. again, I, I want to bring that up that it was in uh, September of 1998, excuse me, that that was released. And the, the executive producers for that album were Sean Carter, Damon Dash, and Biggs, or Kyron Burke. So I think that's important to, to put that in perspective. Team. Especially in the fact that, uh, like I said, next year will be 20 years. Man. that's You know, that's crazy. I feel, it makes me feel old. <laughs> It's crazy that I'm listening to albums that are older than certain people. That's <laughs> dang. That, that I'm around. Yeah. That I'm around. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's that's to put it into perspective. Talk but, to him, man. Let's yeah, talk but to anyways, him. let's 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 get right into this album though. Let's let's start from the the intro, man. Woo! Because this album, I would have to say, uh, Joe Budden on Everyday Struggle, they had a an episode uh, a while ago where they were talking about maybe the best intros, and for me, this. I, I'm I'm not giving a list yet because I have to really think about that. But if I had to take a guess, this would probably be in the top five intros. I told you. I already told yeah. you. Like I said, yo. Oh, and first of all, before talking about this plot, before talking about this podcast, we listened to the whole album. Let's let's just put that in perspective. Front to back. Front to back. From every skit from second number zero to the end. Yeah. Complete. From one to the end. Completely. So I told you, I told you, once I pressed play, I said, yo, this is, this has to be the best intro of all time. Talk to him. Talk to him. See, see, for me, I can't even, I can't go there yet, because, because I'm, I'm no, I know there is an intro out there that I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, mm, I'm not getting into, but I can, I can, I feel like I can definitively say, and, and having no qualms, no concerns that this is what at least would be in the top five of intros. Um, just the fact of, just the 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 intimate feeling that you get from the stripped down production to the older elderly voice of of like wisdom 
being being spoken to you and it's like it's not like he's like he's instructing you like he's telling you what to do it's more like having a conversation like like it's that it's that OG that you respect that you that you go to and he when he tells you something you like you know cuz he's not expecting you to take it like he's he's just putting it out there if you take it you take it if you don't you don't but it's it's given in that way where like I'm gonna take it <laughs> I'm gonna take this advice and then bleak that's all I gotta say <laughs> This first track, again, we're talking about the intro, the first track, I remember I'm listening to this whole album and I'm just chilling in my bed. I had a bunk bed at the time. I had a bunk bed at the time and I was staring up and just listening to this song. Perfect timing because that's the vibe that this track gives you. And let me just step back a little bit. This is Memphis Bleak giving you the intro to Jay-Z's album. That's what I, that's what I wanted to say too. It's like it's like it's not Jay Z. Jay Z. The, the first the first the first verse that you hear, it's not even Jay's. It's not Jay Z. It's the intro goes straight into Memphis Bleak. That's the intro. So hard. Let's talk about the production. The beat is by DJ Premier. DJ Premier, one of my top, I would say top two, <laughs> top two uh, producers of all time, and. It just gives you, it, it sets the tone, man. It's just so hard. It's so New York. It's so gritty. It's so grimy. It's so apartment life. It's like, it's just all this, like, you get these different flavors from it. And he goes in. And I I love this track because it's a track that I recite all the time. It's something that I use when I jog. It, like, it gets me pumped up. And this is just the intro, my G. This is the intro to Jay-Z's album. One, yeah. of, the, one of Jay-Z's arguably best albums of all time. And but again, I want to I want I just want to go back to the fact that the thing that gets you pumped is the production and Bleak's verse. Delivery. It's not, it's, but it's not his album though. It's not. Like, that's 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 the crazy and we but it's, we still respect it though. And it's not even the intro to Memphis Bleak. We've been knowing Memphis Bleak before this time. Like yeah. he was already in the picture. And he's. This is nothing new. Like, yeah, this not a new. This not a new. No, he's not. It's not like an up and coming. Like, well, it is an up and coming artist, but yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not a new, brand new, fresh off the scene artist. So that to me, that's crazy. But I, I, I want to touch on, like, the fact that in the album or in that intro, it touches on the promise of Bleak. Yeah. On on that he's the next Jay Z. That he's the next upcoming. And then which is huge. because because that's the feeling that I had. Honestly, that's the feeling I had when I heard this album because we, we talked about it as well. We'll get to a little bit later about coming of age. Yeah. That was really like one of the first tracks that I was like, oh shit. I was like, damn. I was like, I was like, oh for reals. They, they they're serious about this. Bleak is the next hope. Like And I don't like I told you, I don't know if it was promoted that way, if it was marketed that way, or it's just that vibe that you got from when you listened to Bleak, or you knew where Bleak's position was, but I always had that idea, like, yo, he's the next Jigga. He's yeah. the next Jigga. Like, he's the right-hand man. No one else. No one else is the right-hand man to take that torch from Jigga, from Jay-Z. Nobody had the swag. Nobody had the style. Nobody had the the lyrical content. It's, there, there was a lot of people that had one of the components, but nobody had all of the components. And it felt like Bleak was that one. It felt... It, to, to, to be real, it felt like Bleak was the 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 uh hang gathers of uh you know hang gathers was supposed to be the next mj has anybody asked jigger has anybody asked jay-z like what was that whole you and memphis bleak thing about like has that ever been brought up or i mean or? I'm, I'm sure it has been I, I i'm not i'm not 
aware of those conversations, but this is this is uh, D Ray's conspiracy theory yeah, idea of this is what I think is in essence was that's what's all Jay Z was like Jay Z saw himself in Bleak. He was like, yo, you know, he got the lyrical aspect, he got that hood aspect. He's a hustler. He's gonna grind. He's he's street smart. He's business savvy. He has all the things that I see in myself. So he kind of bigged him up. And with that... And he still is. Yeah, and he still bigs him up. He, like he said in uh, the Black Album, um, what he say? The, the, I forgot the line. Basically saying that, you know, if I die, uh, Bleak will be living good somewhere. Um, something like that, I think it was on the Black and Album. I'm, still, I'm saying still about Memphis Bleak, too. He's still... Don't think he's... Just because he's out of the scene, he's not in the spotlight that he's still working. Like, he's still hustling. He's still got his own business on the side, too. That's what... He, 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 he's, he's made his money, and he's invested, is what I'm trying to say. He's already... He's doing that. Yeah. So, but like, but but basically what I was saying is like that by Jay-Z bigging him up so much and it's like, it's it's it would be like if MJ said to somebody else, oh, they're going to be just like me. There's so much anticipation, so much expectation that it's like, you have to be really, you have to be fucking amazing to live up to that expectation. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been waiting for the next Michael Jordan for a long time. They say LeBron is... Kobe and LeBron are the next closest things to it, but they still don't say that they are that. And you know what I'm saying? How many people have come after Michael Jordan saying with that title, LeBron is the closest thing that had that expectation and lived up to the expectation. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, it takes somebody great. And I think that's what hindered Bleak's. There was so much buzz around it that he couldn't live up to it because no matter how great he was, because people sleep on Bleak. Bleak had bars, bro. Like Bleak had those bars. But if you're saying that you're... The greatest, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the expectation, you, some expectations you can't live up to, no matter how good you are. The only person that I, that I thought and I believe was the next Jordan, and it was in that time, was Pippen. Mm. Same team, same squad. And he got same outshined. Influence. And, 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 and actually, that's an even better example is because... That's because I, I, I didn't, Jordan, I, didn't, I didn't, no one thought about who's going to be the next Jordan. Jordan, Jordan was, was Hove. Playing. Yeah, Jordan's Hove, and Bleak was coming up. Next to Hove, and that aura outshined his aura, even though because people still sleep on Pippen. Pippen, Pippen was, was nice. a beast. We bring that up. Stop. We brought that up on podcast before. Pippen is Pippen nice. was nice. If you sleep on Pippen, you tripping. <laughs> like Pippen would give people the business now, like like on some real <laughs> shit. Like people so. still talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get it. You get it. Yeah. So like that's that's that's, that's what, what I think about what happened with 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 Bleak. But that also brings up another thing that I wanted to bring up is. Do you think that that changed how Hove approached upcoming artists like Cole, for instance, mm. as of based on what he saw, what happened with Bleak? Good theory, man, because a lot of people after that, that whole kind of era, he was never vouching. Mm-hmm. He was never reaching out and saying publicly, even on records, recorded records, saying that you're the next one or you're under my wing. That. That there was an end to that. There was that that doesn't exist anymore. And to be honest with you, I don't know the exact an- I don't know the exact answer to that question, but I can say that's the vibe I get. Like, you know, just like as you grow and you learn things, you you, you know, you, you you touch the you touch the iron when the iron's hot and, and, and you put your fingers back and you're like, yo, that's hot. Same thing right here. You don't you don't mess with that and you don't put that pressure. Or you don't even just put that out there. You just let shit grow organically. And I think that's what Jigga did, uh, in my belief. 
um, that he doesn't do that anymore. And he wouldn't want to overshadow somebody ever again. What I would say is, I think I think he did learn uh, with Bleak. And so that's why he didn't approach that same way with Cole. But what I will say is, I feel like that has changed somewhat because I think he's, I think he's learned. I, I think he's learned. Um, I think he took the experience from Cole. I mean, uh, from Bleak, like I said, and he went to the extreme. So like, he didn't shout out Cole at all. Like he gave you features. He lets your, he lets your bars and your lyrics do the talking. He's like, I, and, and didn't, you know, validate or deny Cole at all. He just was like, you speak for yourself. But now what I'm seeing, I think then he learned from that lesson and was like, well, that kind of hurt Cole. Like Cole could have been popping bigger than he is now earlier if I gave him a little bit of validation. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what he, because recently with Vic Mensa, with Vic Mensa's last album, um, oh my gosh, it's, it's running a blank to me. Oh, the autobiography. Whew, thank you. The autobiography uh, that was released this year, Hove was saying like, this is a really good album, basically. Like this is a really good album. I, I stand behind this. But he tempered it by saying, like, you know, he's like, nah, like with this one, he was like, Bleak is the next dude. He was just saying, no, this is good. <laughs> with Vic Mensa, he's like, this is good. I'll let you judge and determine on the on the pantheon on which it stands. That's control, Jay. You know what I'm control. saying? Like he's he's learning, like he learned from the both of those experiences, and I think that's how he tempered his his reaction to Vic Mensa's because Vic Mensa is signed the title uh, and Rock Nation and all that, so you know he has an influence. Who and, isn't? Who isn't? And Vic Mensa. I, I believe Vic Mensa is really Vic Mensa is a beast. Uh, I think that's a really good album. Check out the uh, podcast that I did about that album. I think it's really good. It's kind of segue out of uh, of Bleak and and go more towards this album. Jesus, that was just the first track. Yeah, that's the first track. That's, that's, that shows you how intro. deep that shit is. That's just the intro. Uh, number two track, Hard Knock Life. I love it. The ghetto anthem. The ghetto anthem. You don't love it as much as I love it. I love it. Oh, let's let's let's, let's <laughs> go back because you you not put me out there like that, man. I like the track, but I'm, what what I will say is Does when it, I when I initially heard it, I just thought it was very commercial to me. It was because it was a, of it was, a, of of the sound, and yeah, and yeah. that and that's what I'll say is the sound was so commercial that it turned me off to the song. But going back and re-listening to it over and over now, like I said when we were listening to it today, I was like, as commercial as it sounds. He's talking that shit. Oh yeah. The sound was so commercial to me that it turned me off to like I didn't even really I feel like absorb the words. But re-listening to it over and even in prior to now, I realized that like the words he's saying in that, like he's talking that hood shit, like I still have a hard time. I'm still thinking like, how'd they get that on the radio? Even the edited version, like what like the what like what he's saying, even taking out the cuss words. He's talking that that hood shit. <laughs> and this is a perfect time for me to say you that Jay-Z's been on his shit. He's been on that grown man gangster shit consistently. Consistently since day one, his first album. And this track embodies that, yeah. that, that flow, that version of Jay-Z. Because there's a version that we all have of Jay-Z. But that version of Jay-Z, businessman. And you get that feeling that he's a businessman still living in the hood and then barely moved out of the hood type of feel. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's still connected. Like he's still connected, man. Driving a Bentley through Marcy Projects. Like you get that feel from this track. And I've been telling people that this is the reason why I'm connected to Jay-Z so much. More importantly, this album 
so much is because he's been on that teaching you business and teaching you how to get out of your situation shit since day one. And I said it again. I'm going to say it again. Jay-Z's been 40 years old. He's been 40 years old since his first album, since his first freestyle. His mentality has always been there. This track right here body, like, embodies that whole kind of my version of, of Jay-Z that I hold on to dearly. Production by uh, 45 Kings, one of the greatest. And we're going to go into the productions, too, of each track. Like, it's just crazy how each track. The any sample on this one? Yeah. Just, just overall, this whole album, there's so much collaborative energy and, energy. and, and space and, and just sounds. There's so many different sonic properties that are. are it's are, so are, good. That that if you if you just took out the sonic properties on this on the instrumentals and played it separately, you'd be like, "There's no way this is a cohesive album." But yet, it is still a cohesive album. It makes sense. Everything goes together to me. Um, it's a hard knock life. Yeah, the Annie sample, and and that's another reason that added to the commercial success of that album is just because that production everybody knows. And even if you're not sure where it came from, uh, the the play, uh, or or the the movie or the musical, uh, you still you've heard it. You're just like, as well as, to me, the 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 greatest thing about that sample of them using that sample is the fact of them taking what is considered in white society or American society or, or, or non people of color society of you know the downtrodden somebody um not getting the positives like they say in the song you know instead of getting kisses we get kicked you know getting the negatives of things but turning into a positive of how he's taking that and saying that using that as a represent like it says as a ghetto anthem he's taking that as a representation for the hood we get all this negative shit but we still make it out we still make it you know giving that positive that's really what stuck out to me i'm a fan of just subtle knowledge and subtle marketing like this album, yes, it's it's not upfront like that. You know what I mean? It's not upfront that, that just that part of the the whole Annie uh, sample. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a old classic. It could be cheesy to some people, but like it's just subtly there mm-hmm. that it's not overcasting the actual theme of the song. Yeah, it's it's that um, um it's, 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 slide of hand. It's it's it's, it's making you think we're yeah, you know this is a happy Kendrick you know, uh feel good thing but i'm really i'm giving you some real shit here yeah 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 if, you, if it's re- just enough to capture it yeah if you're really yeah. listening like he said on um on another podcast i'm not gonna give them because it could have like been that. poppy it could have been one way it could have been super poppy because of this the sample mm-hmm. or you know i mean far the other way exactly yeah and it's just right in that middle word like it's just just barely there and you now you're you're captured you're 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 in tune and you are paying attention to every single line that jigga spits yeah, one of the lines that I wanted to to, to highlight from that was uh when he's like, when my when my situation is improving, I'm trying to murder everything moving. Feel me? Like just that idea of you know like that idea of I'm trying to prosper, I'm trying to improve my situation, and and kind of justifying my actions. When you look at a situation, if you see a man stealing food, your first instinct is oh he's stealing. Mm-hmm. But then if you follow him a little bit more, you might find out that he's stealing that food to feed his kids. He's not even eating that food. He's he's giving it to, to kids and it might not even be his kids. You know what I'm saying? But that changes your idea of of who that person is because you know more about him. So like I just think that 
that whole concept of, you know what I'm saying, like, that is why people gravitate to Jay-Z so much. And why this track is um, highlighted and, and praised as much as it is. As it is. What's that line? I'm going to be on top whether I perform or not. I went from lukewarm to hot. Ah! Sleeping on tours and cots. Come on, man. So, yeah. Come on, man. <sighs> but we can spend all day on each of these tracks. We got we, we to gotta keep it moving. I went from moving. lukewarm to hot. I went from lukewarm to hot. Man, it's just the cadence of that shit. Let's move on to the next track. If I Should Die. Don't Cry, man. I did songs with Mary J. Blige, my nigga. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> production by Swiss Beats, of Swiss course. Swiss Beats on that album. I mean, on that track, uh, "If I Should Die," featuring uh, the Ranjas. Um, one of the one of the lines that I, I that that instantly takes me to for this track is, "If it if it's heaven to me, is it considered heavenly?" Uh, that really stuck out to me because, like, yeah. it just it's it's the idea of, and again, like. For me, like when I see things, it, I, I break it down to like different things, and this one for me was more of a philosoph- philosophical type of question. Is like that idea of if it's good to me, does that mean that it's actually good? Because like you know, you can take it in many different forms of like even on like vices, like people like alcohol, people like drugs, but you know, there's a limit. Like you take it too far, and it's it's not you know, you can die, like, you know, things of that nature. Like, so where is the boundaries? What are those points? And who is determining that? Who's to say that? Because... That's just the judging eye. Exactly, the judging eye. Like, just to me, like, that, that, just that line says so much. And it's only, what, a few words? Yeah, it's like... (laughs) Eight words, nine words there? Yeah. Damn it, man. It says so much, and it just, to me, it again, it shows the fact of his intelligence and, you know, of, of these artists that... People consider rap and hip hop, you know, a, a dumb art or, you know, doesn't take much skill or intellect. But they talking about f- philosophical terms, philosophical ideas, you know, societal issues. But and, and they're breaking it down. And just even the title, If I Should Die, you know, like you said, If I Should Die, Don't Mourn My Nigga. Like this that whole- idea of, of, of that I live on that, like you want to do something that carries on further than your actual life, you know, living, leaving legacies. And that's what the theme of this whole song is right there on, on all of the verses. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's leaving a legacy for your kids, that type of flow for everybody who's listening, that type of flow. Like it's just a passing on. And if I should die, you're like, there's just a whole bunch of knowledge in this track. I love it. It's a jewel. And again, this whole album, you can listen through from top to bottom. Yeah, man. The beat, Swiss beats, kills it. Yeah, it's definitely um, all verses from each person, three people that are, are participating in this in this track. Bodied it. It's just that they actually keep that theme in that track, and let's compare that to to tracks nowadays where you can't get somebody to rap one <laughs> one bar to go with the with with the with the theme of the track, the the, the title of the track. Yeah, there's no um, consistent concept or theme. No, not at all. That's what I love. That's it what just, I gravitate yeah. to. Like, if you have a theme, cool. I'm a rock with it. J Cole has a theme. I'm a rock with it. Like, let's let's go. Take me there. And this, you just brought up J Cole. This kind of reminds me of J Cole's Immortal off of For Your Eyes Only. Exactly. Um, that same that same idea. Same, same idea. Same thing. Keeping your legacy on. You're, you're just extending you from the physical form. Everything like it, we live on. 
All of that. What's next? We got Ride or Die. Oh, and, man. And, uh, and the first thing I got to bring about Ride or Die is the fact that it was produced by Stevie J. <laughs> like, I, I had to bring that up. because Stevie J on um, 90% of this whole thing. I mean, this song alone. I'm talking about the song. Hands-on production putting this song together like his name is all over it yeah um, like you said uh like you're telling me beforehand that it, he did all the instrumentation it starts with i'm rolling with rockefeller man because they got money man <laughs> i love that intro to this song man yeah like and and, and this, this beat is crazy. it's crazy it is it's crazy it's, nice. i say i say it's one of the the most um notable productions on this album and and it's crazy that stands he's, out and he's not even the most notable producer on this album no not at all compared you got to timberland swiss beats premiere uh, premiere eric sermon eric sermon it's like but yet you remember that like you can play this and they might not know who produced it but they'll say oh yeah i know mm-hmm. what album this is i know i know exactly what album mm-hmm. this is um and the fact that he gets more credit for you know other things. That's crazy. So I, I just had to first mention that. But again, the production on this is classic beat that, like I said, everybody feels. Just the 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 aggression, the just ride, ride or die. die like, ride or die. Come like, on. But still, like the uh. aggression on it, but it's still accessible. Like like mainstream, I can feel it still was accessible to them because of of, of the, the production. It just is masterfully done. He didn't lose anybody with these hooks. No. Like no. We, if we go through all these songs, like the hooks, if when there are hooks, because not every song has a hook, but yeah. when he goes through hooks, he doesn't lose people. Yeah, because Ride it, or it, Die would not necessarily be considered acceptable. Yeah. But it was because of <laughs> how it was done. It's just it's really it shows uh the 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 level of artistic uh and and foresight that he had to to be able to balance that. Crazy. Oh man. I'm looking at the tracking. And we got, next we got nigga what, nigga who? Wait, Amelia, which isn't even uh, put on the, on, on the, on the features for the hook, but I feel like she, without her on that hook. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> uh-huh. I'm trying to do my Jay-Z. Bounce with me. And you know, this was produced by Timberland. Timberland shit. And uh, I want to, I want right to, I want to leave a. A little thing. I want somebody to leave a comment on this uh, podcast saying where Timberland uses beat again. Where was this beat recycled or reused or sampled for? And it's very well known song, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it out there. We'll, we'll leave that for the comments. The other thing that this song I wanted to bring up about this song was Fast Hove. Um, oh man, let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Hove. Uh, if you don't know out there, for those that might not be as uh dive deep into the whole catalog, that you might not notice that he has switched his style um multiple times actually, if you if you really think about it. But he used to rap exclusively, extremely fast, um in the, his very beginning, that fast in, flow. Very, very beginning days. And remember what you said about um the Nas uh <laughs> ether thing, yeah, um about the that kind of relates. Yeah, to this. you went from. What do you say? He's you. Say, you went from Jigga to Jay Z. Damn you on jazz dick. Or you went from Hope to Jigga, something like that, yeah, right? In those it. lines. So, uh, I'm going off the top of my head. Sorry. Yeah, off of Ether. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, on Ether, he goes, "Damn you on jazz dick." And then Jazz is this dude produced. I mean, uh, uh, featured on this track. Yeah. And he was the originator from my lot, from my knowledge, from my history, from knowing this. Just yeah. Originator of this kind of flow, this 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 style. Um, which Jay Z also kind of 
piggybacked off of. Um, and Jay-Z, I believe, toured and just did shows with Jazzo back in the days. Because mm. um, he was like his mentor mm. uh, when it, while he was coming up. Yeah, I believe so. And, and, and um, you know, that's that flow. Um, man, that Jay-Z flow, that fast flow, he, he, he did it on the... On that freestyle with Big L, so if you go into to the internet world and just just look up Big L freestyle with uh with Jay Z, he go he goes in with that fast flow. Yeah. Um, he does it on his first album. Um, crazy. I, I love it. I love the fast spitting Jay Z. See, I I like the more introspective hope. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I like the more introspective hope because and and because every time he does it, you just go, damn mm. or. I mean that's yeah. that that's that shit that I love, man, and 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 that's when he does it. That's what I do when he does it, man. Um, I love the whole slow down flow. You know what I mean? Same yeah. thing with 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 Mace. Mace, yeah, goes back and forth with that fast. Back when he you know I mean he was super nice. Uh, um, Jay Z fast flow overall is my favorite mm-hmm. version of Jay Z though. Yeah, I'm gonna be reminds us the in the slow introspective deep. Uh, grown man shit. Um, like taking your time with each verse. Yeah, each Just word. Because I feel like more like um, what kind of Herb Gotti said was like, like nigga, what you saying is dope, and you dropping gems. Like, make sure that they hear it. Yeah, don't waste your time. Don't waste. Yeah, don't. Your breath. Do, yeah, don't 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 waste bars. Don't waste bars spinning them so fast that people ain't catching them. Yeah, that's that. That's more how I feel about it. I hear you. But following this this uh track, you have Money Cash Hoes, which what? which exactly is uh with with DMX and there's there there hasn't been a DMX Jay Z track that I haven't liked. They've always they've always hit. Even on uh, DMX's first album. Even yeah, even on DMX's first album. The last even track on of the album. Ride or Die uh, Volume Two. Even uh, that, yeah, yeah, like. Every like I said, every track that they've been on, even on the Murder Inc. one that they got with uh Ja Rule, uh ja Rule, DMX, and uh Jay Z. Uh there hasn't been a track where they them two together I, I haven't fucked with or I haven't liked. I wanna bring I, up something. Yeah, go ahead. I wanna bring up something that this is the point in time where of course, obviously, both artists were at the top. Let's just say at the top killing it. Killing the charts, they're in your face, they're hacking into everything that you can think of to get your attention, booming, killing it on the charts, selling so many records, and then we get this new kind of, uh, well, nowadays, in this current time, DMX, and you, you can look up the interviews where he's just like shitting on, 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 on Jay-Z, or not rocking with Jay-Z anymore, and, and you know, saying that he's that, he's that, he's that type of dude that wears you know, linen shorts and, and wearing chinelas in the, in the sand beaches type of flow. Like you know, he's, he's actually said those words. Like, it's just that it's, it's funny to me that, you know, that was just a moment of time where everybody was cool. And then we all have our, that's all history and all that. But to like, me, I think that's like, more, I think that's just more about growth. Yeah. Is this, is this the fact some, sometimes some people do grow and change and I'm not saying that Jay-Z's growth is better than DMX's growth, but People change and grow, and sometimes you have a hard time accepting that change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like you have best friends in high school, and then you get to college, and you grow on different paths, and then you try to reconnect, and it's like, 
we're not, it's not, it's we're not, not on the same yeah, page. We're not on the same page. And that's fine. Like, <laughs> that doesn't mean that they shouldn't do good and you shouldn't do good. It's just that y'all on different pages. And yeah, that is, that is understandable. So I think that's more what that's about. Um, but but I, I do, I do agree with you. I think that is an interesting dynamic that how it changed yeah, um, compared to, to back then and to yeah. now. And, and, and my question is that will we ever get a Jay Z and DMX song? Ever again, you know. I mean, that's. I'm not sure. Even I'm gonna be real. I don't even. I don't. I don't want one. Yeah. Nah, I don't want one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be real, like. Nah. <laughs> and I'm probably gonna get killed in my mentions for that. But hey, it is what it is. Let don't us know don't, what don't get it wrong. That. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it fucked up. I still fuck with DMX and I still fuck with Jay Z. But I just let us know what you think about uh, that. I, right? I don't. Like, yeah. Would that be dope? But, I, I want to ask you before we move on to the next track. Yeah. I want to ask you in this regard: Do you think that DMX killed Jay Z on this one? Like. I think Eminem killed Jay Z on Winnegate. Hmm. On this one, uh, on this one, it's fifty fifty, because you get a you get a feeling, because it was kind of like it was it was produced, I would say correctly, or, or it was produced right for. Yeah, it's a good balance. It's not suited yeah. from one more than the other. And Even though actually, I'm, I kind of think it was suited a little bit more for DMX than it was for Jay-Z. Yeah. But beat wise the smoothness of it. Yeah, too. beat wise, feel wise, everything that, you know, that was put together by Swiss Beats on this track, it feels like a DMX track, but it's kind of like you're bringing Jay-Z into a D- DMX world. But mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is that on this track particularly, you kind you get the feeling that that DMX is only the hook. At the end of the day, when you're done listening to the song, you you think that DMX is only the hook, mm. and that's where I was talking about. It's just that it was kind of put together correctly for for Jay Z because it's Jay Z's song, it's Jay Z's album, and you don't get you don't get like a back and forth one verse Jay Z and then one verse is DMX. You get three verses, I believe, that are all uh, Jay Z, and then you get one small verse from DMX. You know what I mean? To kind of like it's a perfect balance, like you said, but it's more. No, actually, it's not a perfect balance. It's more Jay Z. It's more than, skewed to Jay Z, yeah, which yeah, makes yeah. sense, being it's it's his album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I love it though. Like, don't get it twisted. Yeah, I like, like, I love it's it. A good like, album. This, yeah, it's this, a good track. This, this track is one of those tracks that that stands out, and this is one of the tracks that you do remember from that time for from this album. Like, you know where it comes yeah. from. You know where it's at. Like, that was that time. Um, and shit was heavy in the clubs. I remember it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, and, de- and heavy in the house parties for sure during the times where I was coming up. That's that's where it is, man. Um, I definitely wanted to hear more DMX on it, more though for sure. Yeah, for, w- sure, for sure, for sure. I that's my take on it. I would agree with you. I would have liked it to been fifty fifty. At least no, well, two two J verses and one longer DMX verse. One thing I did hate though uh, that came out after this version is the remix version. That ended up being on the Corruptors, um, if I'm not uh, mistaken. It's a, it's a movie with uh, Jet Li and uh, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, they were like playing cops or some shit like that. This song was on that uh, soundtrack. Uh, back to the back to the times where actually soundtracks were super dope too. Yeah, we're popping. Yeah, uh, shit. Um, but the remix to this song has just a small snippet of this, the hook from this song. But they don't have DMX on it. It had it, it's Jay Z, Memphis Bleak, and Beanie Siegel, and that was actually pushed as. An, uh, you, I'm sure I've heard it, but I don't remember. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember their verses. You can try to look for the original version online, but it seems like a lot of Jay Z's. Uh, yeah, he's uh, taking his. He's, he's taking it off, and it's <laughs> all only available his, on title. All of his content is just like you can tell. Like it's super like. 
Yeah, he uh, put it. It's all, it's all on title. Yeah. Well, uh, like they they re released some of it now back on Apple Apple on Vivo. You have some shit, but like yeah. like I would say like the big hits that he has out there. But like if you try to find these little album cuts. Like it's tough, man. I was it was tough trying to do my research because I was like, "Fuck, you can tell that everything is going to title." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's 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 locking that shit up. Um, I ain't mad at you, Jigga. Get your money on. Though. Get your money. Uh, the next track is the free internet is not for everybody. That's right. Uh, the next track is a week ago, and that's featuring oh, you know your man. Bay Area, your Oakland native, Too Short. Oh man. So we definitely have to give that one. Um, Let me talk to him. Go ahead. Let me speak upon this track. One of the big reasons why I'm gravitated to uh, this track in general, uh, because, uh, duh, Too Short is on it. (laughs) Um, But what caught my eye as a young listener, and this is 1998, so I was a young listener, um, is to, I was was in awe. I was in awe that somebody from the home turf, somebody that's respected from the home turf, Bay Area, is on Jay-Z's album, and such an album as this. This is like, how I looked at this album as a kid is like this is like how can I say it like this is this is godlike this is royalty this is you know what I mean this is fuck millionaire boy status yeah. like this is like that this is that album right that upper like, echelon that that, yeah, that that top two that Diddy that Jay Z like these fools were already talking about it and this is only his third album um, but to find somebody looking at the back credits and looking at the back of the uh, of the album and looking at all the tracks, you see Two Short's name in there in the middle of all these artists, and I'm like, this is so dope, man. And this is only halfway through the album, and you're looking at it and like, okay, I, I, I'm in, I'm, I, I'm, I'm invested. Um, but this is, you know, this album with having Two Short on this track, and then let me get into the to the rest of the the feel of the vibe of this of this song. The song is um, about it was all good just a week ago. Um, that whole feel of it's it's like people ratting on each other, uh, you know, people you know doing their thing, but someone else is hating. That type of whole vibe. You have haters on you. People always got an eye on you. Loyalty. Loyalty. Let me not mention. I forgot to mention. This track is his storytelling shit too. Yeah. That's 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 what that was the. He's on his storytelling shit on this one. Straight storytelling. That's this was one of my this was one of my favorite songs. Um, this one actually and the next one was literally one of my favorite songs, uh, off the entire project because of that that whole process of that it was stories. Both of these are stories, and I just like the way that's not rapping. It's a story. It's literally a story, a storytelling, (laughs) convenience, anything of that nature, and um, it was just. It was one of those things that I was like, okay, he can do it all. Like, he can do Man. it all. Like, he can do, he can, there's not a style of rap that he can do. So, and then, like you said, the fact that you had, <clears throat> excuse me, Too Short on it, another, uh, a Bay Area native that also, who can also do storytelling as well, um, that that was also highlighted on this track as well. And then one of the lines that really, really uh, resonated and stuck out to me was, um, you still in jail, just minus the bars. Uh, <laughs> just that idea of like, yeah. of again, going back to, it's about mentality of like, when Jay said that, said it a while ago, of like I said before, of, you know, I've been saying this stuff. I've been saying, you know, that it's it's a mentality. It's about how you view yourself, how you see yourself, how hard you grind. Like, there's a lot of things that are in your control. He has been saying it. And this is just a, a line that's evidence of that. You're you're still in jail, just minus the bars. He's basically saying that you're jailing yourself. You're you're pinching holding yourself. You're you're not allowing yourself to live up to the full potential 
that that you could be. Um, but again, that's that's just something that I, I took from this album, or this track rather. You rat bastards. That's what he said at the end. Yeah. So like I I just like again the storytelling is on par. Um, again, it just this was a really really well done track. That that resonated with me. Like I said, it's one of my favorite tracks of this of this entire album. If you follow this with Coming of Age with oh. uh, Memphis Bleak again, um, again, uh, when I first heard this album, this song Coming of Age, that's when I was like, because uh, I heard this song before I heard the intro, so I was like, oh, this is when I got that feeling of, damn, Bleak might actually be the next hove like he's he's i i get i get the intro now like this this is what made me say hmm i get what they're saying in the intro back to back storytelling song yeah so it's back to back storytelling song that's but dope. but that's different dope. i like the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah, in yeah, the yeah. first one it's more of you know jay kind of giving a bit uh, uh one 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 side of the 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 picture and then uh two short giving a different side where this one is Bleak and Jay Z giving both the same side of the story, but from different perspectives. Yeah, and and, and, and same then, moment of time and, and, and then different views. They're getting to the same point at the at the end at yeah. the same like is it's just crazy how they get to the same understanding at the same time. It's like oh As, nigga, you just like me, we the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm gonna touch upon is that while we were listening to this whole album and then we capture this uh this moment this song, it starts off with these two people Jay Z and Memphis Bleak not knowing each other. And kind of looking at each other, um, or living their lives basically, like living their lives, you know, nonchalantly and not knowing each other, not considering it. And then in the middle of it is kind of like, okay, cool, they're paying attention to each other, they're they're, they're um, competition, in competition. Essence, yeah. And then at the end, it ends up being, yo, like we're together, we're a team. You my dude, I got your back, I got love <laughs> for you, I'll kill for you. Like it's crazy, like how it just yeah. goes through that whole time, and it's just a back and forth flow. That back and forth flow is is definitely needed nowadays but this is like you know this is like one of like the like bleak said i'm killing your crew one of the <laughs> one yeah man this is like one of the best back and forth songs plus it's a storytelling song in the middle of all that yeah what what i would say is for this track reminds me um now that we're talking about it it brings me back to and that's that's what i love about music and love about hip-hop and how it can take you like this is an older track that can take you to something now and that how something now can take you to something before the back and forth that we were just talking about with uh, Bleak and Jay Z on this track made me think of the back and forth that uh, that we get with uh, Run the Jewels with Killer Mike and LP, because um, that's one of the things that I gravitated to when I first heard the first Run the Jewels albums. That I said was that back and forth that I'm finishing your line, um, and the same thing that I said I liked on uh, Watch the Throne, and we don't see that as much now as we did back then, and so like these kind of tracks remind me of that, and those tracks of now that that kind of mirror that remind me of that. So I just, it's just something that I like that about oh, yeah. music and hip hop that it's, 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 it's timeless. Good music is timeless. Cause like I said, it will bring you back to other things present and past. And overall that sets the tone. It's, it's, I just looked at it right now. I just looked at the album, uh, Swiss beats made the beat mm-hmm. and it's not a typical Swiss beats. Like no. where you like, where you kind of, you know, we're, we're known for like the, the up in your face kind of horns and loud, Swiss beats, but this it this, still is a fast tempo. Yeah, yeah. But it is more darker sounds than yeah, we're than yeah. we usually associate with Swiss. Swiss yeah. usually has those brighter, happier. Uh, happier doesn't seem right, it's but in it's your face. but but it's it's, Horns, it's more keys. Yeah, it's more this like you said like, in your in your face. This yeah, is more this subtle. Is, yeah, this is perfect for the storytelling flow that they did. 
on this track, man. And then they followed this that song up with "Can I Get a Damn." So you follow that uh, what still faster tempo with a, a little bit darker sounding to still fast tempo bounce with more with bounce, bounce with light lighter sound with, uh, bounce with me, bounce Amelia with ja Rule produced by Irv Gotti. Can I get a fuck you? And then uh, the thing that you brought up that I I didn't even notice until you br- so you brought it up, but then I thought about it that you were right about the um, the difference in the radio version versus the or the edited versus the unedited version, not just in the, the to the content, mm-hmm. but into the sounds and the sonic the sonic properties. Yeah, man. Shout out to my boy DJ Rob Stevens. Uh, he brought it up, uh, and and just recently because because uh, I was just playing it in the car, and he just you know he just told me he's like yo. Do you just notice that like the album version is actually a lot more subtle, more calm and just chill because it's the first version that comes out. Right. It's mm. the first version that it's recorded way before the album is, yeah. is, is even put out to the world. And it's it's it's, it's super different from the uh, the video version that we know of and the radio version that we know of. But you get a more calm, chill jaw rule. Um, and then you and then you listen to the, uh, the the clean version, the radio version. And you got more of a pumped and. You know, he's in your face. and Yeah, way more way more aggressive yeah. sounding, way more aggressive feeling yeah, 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 yeah. Um, than, than, than the, the studio version, where it is more chill. Yeah. It just shows you how much goes into determining music than just what the artists and what the producers feel. Which ended up being on the Rush Hour 2 soundtrack. soundtrack. Yep. That soundtrack is one of the greatest soundtracks I've ever owned and whenever I've ever purchased. That shit is so dope. There's so many gems on that album. Uh, you need to get that shit for sure. Um, but yeah, that's just just to throw out some. Yeah, know. we might have to do a soundtrack, uh, <laughs> a soundtrack podcast. Let just, us know. Let us know if you think we should do that one. Uh, a soundtrack. Uh, yeah, soundtracks episode. were good, man. Soundtracks were dope. Um, um at, around that time, man. Yeah. So uh, I want to say uh, definitely give Herb Gotti a shout out because I don't think he gets enough shout out for his production skills. On that beat. That, yeah, that that production was 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 quite. Uh, nice. Irv Gotti. And then... Uh, Murder, Inc. You, following that, you got Paper Chase. Woo! Produced um, by Timbaland. Produced by Timbaland. Timbaland the king forever. Yeah. I can't wait to see that Timbaland Swiss Swiss Beats battle. Oh, man. The beat they, battle? Yeah, they're supposed to have it. We're, we we just waiting. But the, the thing on this that stuck out to me was Foxy Brown. I... One Ooh. thing that I that, that Let's I remember talk about Foxy Brown. Let's talk about Foxy yeah, Brown, man. The, the one thing that I remember when I first heard this album was that Foxy was on it. And it... The thing that took me back was like it was like, oh damn, he really he know he knows he knows a spitter, he knows a female spitter because he had Emil, uh, Amelia and um, Foxy Brown now, um, and we just had a conversation about Foxy Brown over Kim, and I'm thinking Foxy Brown all day every day over Kim, little Kim man, that's on that's on mamas. <laughs> I vouch for that too, man. Like I, I I'm on. I'm more on uh on Foxy Brown side than no disrespect to Little Kim. No, though. not at all. I just uh, want to put that out there. Top five all day, like top five M- uh, female MCs of all time, and and then just part of the MC world in general. But... I'ma say uh, she not in my top five. She in my top ten though. Nah, man. She in my top. She in my top ten. Not my top five. Shut up. So uh, yeah, no, no, get no. out my mentions. <laughs> but let's talk about Foxy Brown. At this moment of time, Foxy Brown. Sexy man, she was sexy to me. Sexy, she was sexy. Damn, she was sexy to me, bro. Like for real, for like, that's that's some that's something. (laughs) I'll put it out there. That's something that I would look into for somebody to be my wife. (laughs) Like you got to be like an MC. You got to love hip hop. 
you gotta spit bars, and then you look fucking good at it too. Like you, like you just got that whole. I don't even oh. care if you don't clean, clean or cook. But it's a realness about <laughs> it though, too. That for me, that's what it was about Foxy. It wasn't. It was all uh, that everything that you just mentioned, but it was also the fact that it was a real like she wasn't putting on the front. She wasn't no, no, trying. It, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a gimmick. Wasn't, it wasn't a gimmick. It wasn't even like it's not that I'm trying. This is just me. That's what I. That's what was so sexy about it. And now that we've say that, that's what I like about Rhapsody. Oh yeah. Is is that it's that same thing is because I say Rhapsody has a sexiness about her too. Is but it's 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 the realness I think that it, that it is too. The realness in in every it is not in just her bars, but it's in everything that she does. You like chicks and you with can the, just you can just feel it. You like chicks with short hair. It, you like bald chicks. Uh, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> what just, what, I, what I'll say is uh, I'm just here. Does it here, here? Does not matter. It's about the person. <laughs> you like Amber Rose. Amber Rose is sexy. She's bald as fuck. I can't. Yeah, she's. <laughs> he's sexy. I can't fuck with. No, but for real, like, yeah, yeah, you're right though. You're the, right. That's you're what right. I mean. Is is that is that realness? Um, Foxy Brown holds her own on the on this on this song. The aggression and the grittiness of this song. She did it before um, on, the, on on the on the album before too. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. That's right. Um, ain't no like the one I got. got. Ain't no fed. Come on, man. She spits. But, um. So yeah, and and actually. That makes sense now. He already knew that she could spit, though. Too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, this track is, it, it goes hard. It, it's a very gritty track, a very uh, hood track, um, but still has a appeal in the sound to the masses. What I like about this track, to bring it to the track, is that uh, both Jay-Z and uh, Foxy Brown, like I said before, they bring that royalty to the track. Like, you're the best male and rapper best female, yeah. and best female and you're top and you're talking that jiggy shit too you're talking about that like you know what i'm saying like uh, that talking your shit like like i'm better than you type yeah. shit like th- that that is i'm i'm better than you and i'm getting this bread and there's like, shit you can do about it and that shit's motivating yeah that shit's motivating I, to I, me I, this I would, whole album was motivating i would not hate on that like that's motivation right there like get your shit together B. i mean and and i know we're kind of fast forwarding a little bit but if we were to kind of generalize the, the feeling of this album to me the whole album was motivational and it's from a perspective of giving you all the ins and outs talking about like i said we talked about loyalty we talked about making the right decisions about picking the right people around you having the right circle mm-hmm. um all that's in here um starting from the cover alone yeah and then making going the into- right business decision i want to go to reservoir dogs because reservoir dogs is one of those tracks that has so many people on it, but bars. at the same time, there's so many bars. Bars. Um, when we were talking about this, this track, in my notes, I got bars, bars, bars. That's all I got. Exclamation points, bars. Bars. <laughs> um, Straight bars. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the production real quick. Shout out to Eric Sermon. Eric Sermon. If Eric you don't Sermon. know Eric Sermon, then I, I, if, if you, if, when we say Eric Sermon, and that doesn't uh, have an accord with you, then I don't want to talk hip hop. Legend, you. EPM, <laughs> EPMD. I don't want to talk hip hop to you. EPMD like, with you, like <laughs> Death Squad. We we, we can't be friends. <laughs> Legendary. Just touching on the production real quick is like if that production doesn't make you want to spit. It's funky. Uh, it's just funky. So so nice. Uh, that's that's what I gotta say to that. Just like it. I feel like with Let's, that production, you have no choice but to give bars. If you didn't give bars, you don't need, you, you just, those are the ones, if you know you don't have bars, you just go, you know what, 
I can't even be on this track. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let me mention that this, of course, yeah, the track is produced by uh, Eric Sermon, but on top of that, there's no hook. No hook. It goes straight from MC to MC, and they just go in. They just rap. They talk that shit. Let's fuck with me. The locks. First of all, it's the locks. Beanie Siegel. Bars. Sauce Money. Bars. Bars. <laughs> all day, throughout this whole track. This is one of those tracks where, like, I, I, uh, as you're going through the album, uh, you, you, you go back. You, you, There's six people on this track, if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, you, Three you, people on the locks, you, Beanie Siegel, Sauce Money, and uh, Jay-Z, or five people, sorry. You press repeat, for sure. It starts off with Sheik Looch. Sheik Looch is, like, the first one that raps on it. The Looch. Bodies it. And then it goes into Jada, Jada. Kiss, and then... Jada. Jay-Z Kiss of Death. is the last one, but... <sighs> this is early Beanie Siegel, too. This is early Beanie Siegel. This is yeah. like this is when when uh Jay Z uh brought him onto the just brought him around. Yeah. Cause to, before cause, State Property. Uh because uh Wait, was way, it before, way, State yeah, way before yeah. that. Way before that. This is uh to 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 kind of uh paint you a picture. Also uh one of the first groups to ever put uh Beanie Siegel on was uh, the Roots. The Roots put uh, mm. Beanie Siegel on. Yeah, Philly, Philly Love. Yeah. Uh, along with Eve too. Yeah, that's where Philly Eve love. came from. She's on. She's one of the uh, writers and uh, rappers on uh, All Things Fall Apart. All Things Fall Apart, which is that song with Erica Badu. Yeah, Eve did um, the. Even though, yeah, she did the. She did the 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 lyrics on that on that track. Yeah, and that's the female. All, that's all Philly. Vocals. And then that's when this is when you start seeing Beanie Siegel come around the Rock Nation. Uh, Rock, and everybody, Rockefeller. and everybody knows Beanie got bars. Beanie Siegel, one of my favorites. Uh, feeling in the air that's one of my one of the my favorite songs from so overall this this is that one track if you want to if you want to learn how to rap if you want to go in with bars if you want to be the best that you can be you want to sharpen your skills this is one of those tracks that you listen to uh overall to 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 be inspired that that i would look at too for sure because that's what i did uh and you get you get a hundred percent quality verse from each person on this song and and to take it full circle this reminds me of as we said um when we were talking about it off 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 air uh the one train uh song from asap rocky from uh, i think it's long live asap i always confuse that long ass song with everybody on it yeah the one train <laughs> it got uh, i think it's big craig action bronson uh joy badass danny brown kendrick lamar asap so it's like it's actually six people as well and tupac <laughs> Selling people on that shit. Um, but it just reminded me of that about um as as we said, like steel sharp and steel. Um that's the kind of mentality that it seems like they had on that one train as well as on um Reservoir Dogs. Uh this is a classic track. This track is the the best track when it comes to looking for bars. Bars is what defines this uh track. And when I say bars, I mean lyrics and just overall just spin. Like if you're in a major cipher and somebody's just beatboxing and just a whole bunch of people are just rapping at the same time this track uh, uh um, signifies that and one thing i would like to say is because i'm all about programming and i'm all about you know uh, uh putting a picture together when it comes to an album or a mix or whatever it may be a lot of people try to do that a lot of up-and-coming rappers try to do that every single song and i think uh which which i take away from jay-z is that is that a good a good mixture of of a little bit of everything is better not too much of one thing is bad. I mean, having too much of something is 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 totally bad. Um, and this album, we're not even done with it. We're almost done with it, but 
this tr- this album has a mixture of you got the hood tracks, you got the street tracks, you got the club tracks, you got your lovey dovey tracks, or you're not not necessarily lovey dovey, but that just that thug love that mm-hmm. that 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 perfect middle um, that everybody that can fall in love with. So even a female can fall in love with this album. And then you got these bars, man. Like you got these lyrics, and 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 you got people like the Locks, Beanie Siegel, Sauce Money, man, just known for spitting. And and that's what I wanted to say about that is that he does have a perfect balance on this album overall, and he doesn't overdo it. No, I, de- I would definitely agree with you on, on um, that. This album is very well balanced, which is the reason why I can listen to it from the beginning skit. The intro to the all the way to the end, but I think that's something that's that's consistent with Jay Z is that he he's he's very aware of providing a balance that he knows that most people want an overall experience. Just like in life, you're not happy all the time, you're not sad all the time, you're not mad all the time, you're not in love all the time. You know what I'm saying? You you're gonna go through a spectrum of emotions, and to encompass life, you have it's 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 easier to encompass a real life if you encompass all of those different aspects of it. That's a gem that I just want to throw out there because that shit is just perfect. I mean, that's is important to me. Yeah. Programming and just having something thought out is very important. So I don't even know if this it was thought out this way. Um, yeah, if it was that that was the intended the intended purpose. If that was overall intent, or it came together that way. But uh, a, a gem that I want to pass on to 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 everybody who is you know either coming up or or putting projects together, uh, think about what you're going to be putting out and also organize it. Uh, have some thought about it. Have an end goal to it. Uh, and not just be all one thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's just my gem to throw out there. If yeah. y'all want to listen at all, I mean, hey, blow it out like smoke. If they inhale, they inhale. I love the kids. <laughs> um, next track. Oh shit! It's like that. One of my favorite tracks. Um, I would say Kid top, Capri. I'll, I'll I'll say top five tracks of this album. Produced by Kid Capri. It's called It's Like That. It's got Emil and her whole crew where mm-hmm. she was from. Major Coins. Uh, so that's that's my 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 memory's coming back. Oh, oh. see, my memory's uh-oh, coming back. Uh-oh. See, see, that hip hop knowledge that's is it. coming coming out the vault. Hip hop knowledge, man. Um, there was also uh, uh, this was also on Kid Capri's overall album. They just kind of shared and and oh, I um, didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, let's talk about the energy on this track and then how I love how the fucking bounce, simple girl. is it? I love the bounce. So the, it the, is it's a very stripped down, simplistic production. But with that being said. It still has that bounce, bro. Cause I'm like that, yo. Ah, it just has that. It has um, that. It has that grit. There's no denying that's New York. No, no, it's it's yeah. That's there's no denying it's that New York gritty hip hop. It's the Kid Capri man. Feel um big ups to Kid Capri on this and creating that that joint, man. Because it does have that New York feel. It does have that. House party feel. It mm. has that club feel, all like mix ups into one, and it's a simple beat. Let's start with the but beat. But still not, it's, yeah, not overwhelming. No, it's not overwhelming. It's a simple beat. You got simple drums, and you got like it goes dun dun dun. Yeah, three chords. <laughs> dun dun dun. Bring it back. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. And loop just, that again. <laughs> and then this that's loop. But then there's just so much energy around that shit. And then, uh, and then you it's got like that, yo. And then you got Kid Capri at the end, just yelling over the track, like just like, yo, or in the beginning too of it, uh, of it as well. You know what I mean? It's Kid, Kid it's Kid Capri and Jay Z, and and it's Jay Z and Kid Capri. Like it just got that energy from the beginning, and then it, at the end. And now what you said, like what what they say about jazz, and I, I'm not 
It might have been Miles Davis. It might have been Duke Ellington. Please don't kill me for this quote. But it's... <laughs> Internet thugs. Yeah, I know. Uh, about, it's not always... Correction the, Nazis. <laughs> it's not always the notes you play. It's the notes you don't play. And so that's what this kind of simplistic production kind of kind of gets into you is like it, the fact that it's so simple. It, it's the fact that there the if he played more notes on that, it wouldn't be as great as it is. It's the fact that he's not playing notes in areas that should not have those notes. Um, what what gives it so that that what brought me to that is that statement that you said about that. And this track has one of the the most notable lines, um, one of Jay Z's most notable lines. Mm. It's simple. I will not lose. That line right there. <laughs> it's, I will not lose. And it's not even the. It's not even what he said. It's how he said it exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. And he's been winning for that's a minute. That's where it came from. He's been winning for a minute, y'all. He's been winning from since his first <laughs> word he spoke. Man, that's what I love about him, man. And I'm not on his jog or anything, but like, there's just certain artists that I consider just quality, overall quality. And if you don't it's like, about a respect, if, if respecting that if, hustle. Yeah, respect it. Like, if you don't like him right now, you know what I mean? Like, then, all right, cool. It's going to take you some time. Just like it, it took me some time. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Like, this album, it came out when when I was in, what is it, <laughs> middle school? It was before high school, 1998. Like, I was listening to this, and I was like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not capturing me like, like that. And then as I got older and I started getting into high school and I started more, like, kind of, you know, finding myself and, you know, being more artistic and all that. I went back to this album like, yo, he's kicking that knowledge. He's wanting me to be a better person. Like, this is all the stuff that I'm, he's kicking, he's kicking history. And, and overall, like, you you pick up from that. Like, yeah. that, that's what I took in. Like, like I, I got knowledge, overall, I got knowledge from from this album. And and that was actually later in, in, in life, after this uh, album came out. Uh, it felt good when mm-hmm. this, when this album came out. I already know what it was. Yeah, it was a, like, it was a good listen, but like, it's like, it takes on different meanings. It's just like a book. Yeah. It's just like you know, you can read a book when you're younger, and then you get older and you reread that book, and you're like, I understood the book when I first read it, mm-hmm. or I understood the album when I first heard it, but I I've gained so much more um, understanding of the different concepts because. I no longer have knowledge. I have wisdom. And wisdom, um, if you listen to the podcast that I dropped uh, about uh, the moral dilemma, Reddy talks about the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is you read a lot of information or you get a lot of information, but wisdom is learned experience. So we've had enough time. learned experience over time that we've determined that what he's saying, I get what he's saying because I have the, ex- the wisdom of experiencing things that are related to it or that can be uh, attached to it. That song actually marks the end of the album, actually. Because those last two tracks are bonus tracks, yeah. considered, are bonus tracks. Yeah. So technically, we've went through every track on the album. Let's quickly go through the two bonus tracks, because we, we've we been talking to y'all for a minute, so we want to, you know, we don't want to hold you too long. Um, the but this la- is why you're here, though. Yeah. You're here for the knowledge, and this is why you're just like us. You appreciate the music, and you appreciate the art. So thank you for uh, for listening and tuning in. Um, I love you. <laughs> so, so the last two bonus tracks is uh, "It's All Right" with uh, Memphis Bleak, and then um, "Money Ain't a Thing" with so. JD. Oh, and both man. of those tracks were released as singles um, mm-hmm. and pushed pretty hard. Yeah, even considered that they're bonus tracks. You know, saying that's an, kind of an anomaly for a bonus track to be pushed as hard as two bonus tracks to be pushed as hard as singles. 
Um, at least that I can Jaguars, think of. Jaguars, with your fold lanes with the top down, screaming out money and the thing. Yeah, if you can't ride to that, man. And then JD producing that out, that track. Like I said, that that song just reminds me of like it, it embodies the '90s for me. Like embodies like '90s music videos. Like in my head, when I hear that song, I think of like Mariah Carey's "Honey." I think <laughs> of uh, ODB "Shimmy." Yeah, I think of Mace. I think of. Uh, um, just like all of those, like combined into one, I think of, I even think of Missy Elliott, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like all of that just get, like, it gets dumped into my head when I hear that song. So that definitely was a summer anthem, money and a thing. Uh, she go bye bye with that die and I ain't got to say no more. JD had them bars though, man. That makes me question who wrote those bars. Do you think, do, I want to ask you, Let's go, let's- do you honestly <laughs> think that JD wrote those bars? I did. I don't think he but, wrote those but now bars. that I'm older, I don't think he wrote those bars. And now that we're talking about it, um, I think it, it has it has one tone. So when it has one tone, somebody is controlling that and kind of collaborating on the idea. But this this song, this song was first on um, on JD's album. JD's album. Uh, which was uh, Life in the 1472. 1472. Yeah, and then that that was for that album, and then this ended up being a bonus track on Jay Z's album. Uh, who knows, man? I, like I said, like I, yo, like I don't I, think he wrote those. I parts. asked you, I was like, who do you think wrote everything? Is it Jay D that wrote everything for the whole song, or was it Jay Z? I think Jay Z wrote those Jay-Z, parts. Yeah, I think Jay Z wrote those parts. What did Jay Z? I said? have no proof. I have no evidence, but what did, what that's Jay-Z, my guess. What did Jay Z said? And it's on this uh, album, the Ghost Rider. And for the right price, I can't even make yo shit tighter. Ooh. Roast niggas like yo, smoke niggas like yo. Damn it, man! Hey, that nigga bars. And then uh, I know I kind of skipped. It's all right, but let's, uh, let's start uh, with that uh, one, and then we'll go into the money and thing. Uh, um, it's all right. Uh, to me, that was that was a really good single. It was a really good song. It was a really good hit. Memphis Bleak kind of stood out on that track again to me. Uh, it was a club pop. Fish, more mainstream song it in its pushed. sound, yeah, it was, and it was pushed that way, and it, it makes sense, and I, I think it was it fit that. I believe there was a, there was a video for it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a video for it, so it was pushed as one of the singles. One of the songs that I don't really like, like when I when I first heard it, when I first heard it, when I first had an album, it was like one of those songs I always, I always kind of halfway skip through, and I, I've only I only played it as background music to be honest with you. Um, but later, I, of course, I enjoyed it, and I and I appreciate it because I'm all about lyrics, I'm all about music, and and it's it's dope. Overall, this whole album is dope from beginning to end. Again, yeah, to beginning um, to but, end. But I would when say it was for brand this, new, it wasn't. It wasn't my favorite track. I say, if, I say, in the beginning, it wasn't my favorite track, and it still isn't one of my favorite tracks. Okay, um, yeah, it's just the the it's and it and it's, it's really right. it's, and it's really the production. What? It's just it's just the it's, it's too kind right. of it's too kind of poppy and mainstreamy for me. Uh-huh. Um, so that's why I really don't have much to say about this song. Like I, like lyrically, I think they both did fine though. Damon Dash produced this. Yeah, Damon Dash produced that one. And uh, but it's again, all right. Produced by Damon Dash. But again, I don't have much to say about it. No. <laughs> yeah, like I I have uh I have a neighbor, shout out to my boy Danny D. Uh he pushed this song like into my brain. He was like, Yo, this is my favorite song out of all the uh, songs in this album. And I was like, Yo, you crazy, man. Like this song's trash. Um, but you know, uh I, I ended up liking it later in life. Uh, that's what we just do, right? We just we 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 grow this, and evolve. And change. That's one thing I want to say about this album to 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 put it out there is that this a lot of the shit that I listened to and a lot of things that I grew up on were ahead of my time. So um it's good to to go back into some old shit. 
you might actually find some knowledge if you listen, to, uh, if you read Dr. Seuss all over again. You never know. Like it's just that's like that's not as real. <laughs> that's 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 real. That's my that's where my head's at. And so um, a lot of these albums, you know, I, I'm I'm just I'm just so fortunate and just blessed to actually still have this physical copy uh, in my hand because a lot of the albums that I do have and it's it's either it could be records or CD form. I've sold it back to uh, record stores, and, I, and I'm I'm hit. I'm hating myself for doing that now as as an older person. But you know, when I was young, I was just trying to get my little you know one dollar on my five dollars on, and you just hustle or whatever. You know, what I mean, get my money back, get that bread back, son. But you know, what I mean, like nowadays, I'm like, yo, I wish I had all those albums that you know, that 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 I sold away, and now I you know. Now they're like inflated. Like you try to get something, you try to get a single at the same price as a as an album and whatnot. But um, overall, this is this is this is a piece of history, man. Um, let's talk about that last track, then, man. Because uh, I know this hits hard for me because big in the uh, in the in the house party scene, um, and then big when we were doing, like doing little team parties and, uh, and and going out to little clubs that were were for the teens. And this this song was still big. Uh, as big as uh, as uh, as uh, you know, uh, juveniles back that ass up, yeah. which was, was big, um, and everything else. Uh, even after this, it was uh, it was the whole Jay Z and Jay Z and R Kelly era. Oh, best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, that era was 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 big too uh, during that time, and also with Fiesta. Remember when Fiesta, Fiesta came Fiesta. out? You know, Fiesta, Fiesta. After the party is the after party. Come on. After the party, it's half the party. Come on. The party we probably Chris. And after the original is probably, probably this. this. Hey. So for uh, what I'll say is to kind of kind of wrap this up is overall, well, for to to wrap up it's um money and a thing. I thought it was a it was a cool song. I really didn't really fuck with it because again, it was similar to um It's a Right. It was really mainstream for me. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't have a problem with it. It just I didn't really that's not the song I'm going to. And and I felt it was more of an environment thing. It's more of, that was a club hit. Like, when you're at a club, yeah. But when I'm at the house and I'm listening to music music, I'm not playing that. That's just That was just me. For me, it was one of those tracks where, at the time, broke. I didn't have my own car. But in my mind, I was like, yo, when I get my own car, I'm bumping this. And then once you get in your, <laughs> once you have your own car and you put that CD in and you start driving around, you start reliving that video, my G. You start really <laughs> the box. Yeah. You start, you know what I'm saying? Everything that you saw on the box, uh, CMC out here locally, yeah, yeah. See, uh, MTV, BT. This is like before like shit was popping off on TV. Like yeah. this is like the, like the, the beginning era of, of TV video and uh, music videos. Yeah. Way before the internet could allow you to hop onto YouTube and, and see and, any and, video and you want at any time you want. You had to wait. You had to wait until after school. And then you had to wait until the right time. Like, oh, please, somebody call in and request that one. Please, Come please, on. please, please. Yes, it's there. It's there. Like, that was that, that was that feeling. That's the feeling I still get. Like, oh, shit, man. I remember this shit. Like, I really thought, like, yo, like, when I do get my car, there's a bunch of albums that I'm going to bring back and I'm going to put it in my car and just ride to. And I still get that feeling today. Like, when I was playing it today, when I was driving around, when I was walking around, man, it's like, damn, dog, like, it, it this motivational music, man, motivational mm. music, um, you know, it's not like, it's not like I, I, I'm into the flashy bling bling, there's, there's certain things that are just out there and flashy and it's just, it's just too out there, uh, it, it's too obvious, mm. but 
you know, when you look, when you're young, when you're young and you look up to somebody, you know, that's just full of knowledge and just really authentically, authentically putting that shit out. And it's not a gimmick. You're not looking stupid on the Internet. You're not looking stupid on TV. This shit is real. J.D., uh, J.D., uh, Jay-Z on the same track, two entrepreneurs on yeah. the same track at that level. That that, And, and I, I respect it, man. And, I, you know, definitely looked up to it and it was motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, for me, it wasn't one of my favorite tracks. But overall, I, I really think this was a... Even back then, I thought it was a really great album. And now, looking back on it, I still feel that way. Uh, I even have more respect for Jay-Z in his ability to divulge information in a way where you don't feel like you're being belittled or told or, or, or being taught. Um, that you ain't shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, saying like, you know, you, you ain't shit, so let me tell you what you need to know versus yeah, yeah, it's, it's more of a, like... You can, I did it. You can do yeah, it. Yeah, like, 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 like he says. Follow big, me. Like, like big homie. Like more like a big homie. Like, like I'm not telling you what to do, bro. I'm just I'm showing you what I did and what didn't what worked for me and what didn't work for me. And when you give it like that, or as in the way that I I bring up often with Kendrick Lamar, how he says that his dad kind of gave him information. He's like, my dad would like I said earlier about you know put that information out in the air. If you took it, you took it. If you didn't, if you chose to inhale, you chose to inhale. It's on you. And I I tend to gravitate to that kind of information more because I feel allow the choice to be yours to take that information. Um, so I really appreciate Jay Z for doing that and staying consistent and continuously putting out good work in that regard. Um, we've seen others he's even been, he's been doing what you're exactly explaining right now since the beginning. Since the beginning, bringing yeah. that back, like yo, like he's been doing that. He hasn't been belittling his people, his listeners. He's telling people real life story. That this is what I do. This is what I've done. There's certain things that I'm not proud of, yeah. of what I've done back in the days. But, you know, you live and you learn. And at the same time, when he's up here, when he's talking from Jay-Z as the, as billionaire, as, as the billionaire big dog that he is, uh, he's always been like, yo, like, I've done it. You can do it too. Rock with me or not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not gonna force you. I'm not gonna push it on you. So I think that's that's important to say as that's well. Big man, that's really big. I want to say again, thank you to everybody out here that's listening. That listened to this this take it back with uh, D Ray and DJ William West. Definitely check out our Instagrams. Shout out your Instagram, man. Yeah, man, it's at underscore M R W E S, Mister West. So definitely go follow him on, on Instagram. Follow us at, at the Sonic Breakdown or at Stay Woke Podcast with D-Ray. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, all of that. Leave us comments. Leave us likes. Tell us what albums you think we should bring back. Um, we have a list. We have a, I think we have a running list right now. It's at least at like 10 or 12 maybe. Yeah, but throw them out at us. Uh, I'll throw out a couple that we have on, on the... Nah, nah, actually, yeah. I take that back. Teaser. <laughs> uh, so yeah, hit us with uh, your list. Tell us what you think we should throw back. Tell us what you think about this album. What uh, emotions, thoughts, feelings that it evokes with you. Definitely check out our YouTube page, The Sonic Breakdown um, as well. And we'll have this up on there as well. So check that out. And of course, you know our motto. Live, listen to some great music. And above all, love more. I want to say thanks again to DJ William West for coming out on another episode of the Say Well Podcast. Thank I appreciate you, that, bro. Yeah, yeah. Keep me around. And uh, yeah, we definitely going to hit you with another Take It Back. So 
We out.